0: Hello and welcome to Net Zero Investors Better World series of interviews sponsored by CCLA. Today I'm speaking to Danielle Fougère, President and Chief Counsel of As You Sow, the not for profit organization with a 30 year track record in shareholder advocacy. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Um, my pleasure. It's great to be here with you.
0: So over this 30-year period, shareholder engagement uh, as a tool for effecting decarbonisation, which is you know what we shall focus on today, has gone from you know a little-known fringe activity to being a key pillar of this responsible investor movement. How effective has it been, Danielle?
1: Shareholder work on climate, for instance has been highly effective. When we started this work in 2013, the concept of climate risk was not really something that any parties were paying attention to. And so we've taken the ability to work with companies through shareholder engagement, and we've we've moved companies from first just examining climate, climate risk, acknowledging that it occurred to bringing, for instance, the largest US banks to set net zero targets. Um, We work across a a range of issue areas. So shareholders are concerned about plastic pollution, um, an arena we've worked in where we've been able to get the major plastic producing companies to agree to move away from virgin plastic and to reduce single use plastic. it's been highly effective but that is because climate risk is not good for companies it's not good for investors and nor is it good for the beneficiaries of large institutional investors so it's it makes sense to address it and we've been quite successful in moving the dial
0: so one of the criticisms that you hear from asset managers working in this space is that asset owners are setting portfolio level targets which can only be achieved if their managers divest from certain sectors or from certain companies and that those are the sectors and companies where actually you need responsible ownership so it it's a complex area isn't it but uh, what's your view on it
1: well what we have been working towards is ensuring that every company has a net zero transition plan that they are recognizing that the energy markets are changing that the world is changing, and if they don't have a plan to change with the rest of the world, they they will be left behind. They may have stranded assets. They um, will certainly be missing opportunities. And so, it's it's there are some cases where companies won't be transitioning, and those companies are have already been losing supportive investors, and will probably continue to. But that you know divestment is a term that has become loaded but an asset manager's responsibility is to actually decide between companies to make decisions about what companies will be increasing value over time will be a, an asset that makes sense in a portfolio and that those that don't and so that's simply part and part of the process of managing portfolios is to make some hard decisions
0: yeah. To what extent do you, do you think there is, um, you, know, you know, to what extent are you seeing credible transition plans in the companies or, or the issuers that you speak to? Uh, you know, what, what, what portion of them are ticking boxes and what portion of them are really doing this?
1: So I think that there that's a question that exists. So companies, we are seeing more and more companies set net zero plans. First, we have to recognize that nobody knows how to get to net zero yet, that companies are finding their way forward as our asset managers and institutional owners. And so what that means is that we need to be seeing progress and we're defining that progress as first, do you have plans? Do you have goals? Do you have targets? And then do you have a transition plan to get you there? So you can have the world's strongest goals and if you don't have a plan to actually move year on year to reduce your emissions, you're not likely to hit that target. And so um, first we've been working with companies to set goals, to, to create targets and to make those plans and to share those plans with investors. Now we will begin to look at what is the year on year actual emission reductions that companies are achieving or not achieving. So in the end, we will be looking for Um, hard on the ground progress because we have to that's what we need
0: right so a lot of people are saying we want to be net zero by 2050 but not so many people saying and this is what we're going to do about it over the next 12 24 months but the next 12 24 months are really important so you know what what do you think companies should be doing in that time
1: well i mean we are seeing companies already um do the things that they can do in the short term so many of the companies that we work with have. brought in renewable energy, a significant, you know, that's a quick fix, they have to find the renewable energy, but that brings your emissions down. So that's a short-term action. We're seeing um, companies like Hertz bought 100,000 electric vehicles for its business. So that's a short-term method of significantly reducing emissions. So we're seeing companies taking those kinds of actions. Now, when we work with GE and Boeing, both of which um, uh, GE has set net zero goals through a series of shareholder resolutions that we, and we've been working with them over time. They're actually getting down to the business now of how do you reduce the emissions of the materials that they're using? What are the new processes, the manufacturing processes, the um, sourcing processes? How do you actually drive down emissions over a large supply chain. That means working with your supply chain, first understanding where the emissions are coming from, and then finding the processes, the methods by which you'll reduce those emissions. So it isn't always easy. Um, There's some technologies that will take longer than others. But our goal is to get companies on that path. If you have to change the most basic operations you need to start now and you need to be planning for it and you need to be working with your suppliers
0: so I guess in some quarters this conversation it, it, indeed your your ambition to influence corporate behavior through investor engagement would be considered woke capitalism it, is that criticism and the movement that underpins it is that a significant drag on what you're trying to achieve
1: I think um, the quote woke capitalism anti-ESG um, actions that we're seeing it are unfortunate. I mean, I would say yes, capitalism is awake to the broad range of risks that exist, especially associated with climate change, as we should be, and we're taking action. Um, what I what I think is that the woke capitalism movement is backwards. It's, you know, it's interesting that Republicans are trying to change the mark to interfere with the market. The market is saying there are risks that we need to take into account. We're looking at those risks. We're working with companies to reduce those risks. To say or suggest that one cannot look at, at environmental or social risk factors makes no sense at all. Um I think that this is a pol- purely a political movement. It's very well funded. And its intent is to stop progress. And I think that if you look at the money, you're likely to see some of the largest um, fossil fuel companies supporting this movement. Um, it's unfortunate. It probably is on the margins slowing progress, but we don't think that, I mean, there is no way that most companies are going to go backwards. We certainly don't see um, asset managers or institutional investors who have to care about the long term we don't see um, the likelihood that that they will go backwards and I think we just saw a letter come out from BlackRock which underscored the fact that what they're doing is to address risk to address climate change it's necessary and you know in in essence making the case for why they are focusing on climate. So, it's we're seeing a lot of stories, a lot of talk, but when you dig down deep, um, I think state of Texas just came out with a, a a list of companies that were barred. BlackRock was one, the only U.S. company on that list. The, you know there are five other companies with which the state of Texas is not likely doing business, and I think that that showed the charade that it is because. In the end, BlackRock probably has the biggest investments in fossil fuels of any asset manager. So um, I think it gave the lie to what they're doing, that this is about politics and that it can be very costly to states that want to look away from the biggest asset managers or
0: banks. Right, right. So the, the BlackRock letter was interesting, wasn't it? Because it was a robust defense, but it was it was a robust defense of their role as a fiduciary manager and as a long-term manager of risk on behalf of their clients. So, you know, to, to, to paraphrase, we believe climate risk is a long-term financial risk and, and therefore we need to manage that as a fiduciary. Now that, you know, that's, that's fine, I suppose, but it's not the same as saying time is running out fast and we need to save the planet. Do you think it's the best we can hope for?
1: BlackRock's actions will speak louder than anything, so it's. I agree. Um, we would have liked to have seen more about the climate, but I think that that's stepping away from climate to look at what the the risk, just the fact that there is risk. I mean, this is what the woke capitalism folks are trying to do: is to interfere with the ability of asset managers to look at risk. And that is fundamentally a problem. And so to deal with it on those terms makes sense. What they're saying is we have a fiduciary duty to protect our investors and our beneficiaries and we're going to do that. We're going to look at risk and we're going to address risk. So it may not have been the climate um, call to action that we believe or think is necessary, but it perhaps is more fundamental that the market should be allowed to work and to do what it needs to do to to, um, to follow its fiduciary duty.
0: But from where you're sitting, you think the momentum uh, is with the responsible investors rather than with that sort of you know clique of red state treasurers, shall we say, who are doing their best on behalf of the fossil fuel industry?
1: Yes, I, I, I think that the, the listing of Texas, um, if you look at it, it shows the, the fact that there is no there there in this campaign, that it, um, even the states themselves don't want to move away from the responsible asset managers. And that, in fact, you can't find any, um, I mean, the vast majority of banks, the vast majority of asset managers are doing what they need to do to reduce risk, to, to take advantage of opportunity. I mean, there is a tremendous amount of business to be done. And we've seen that with the, um, I think we'll see more of that with the Inflation Reduction Act that just passed in the US, which puts forth um, significant amounts of money to encourage businesses to, to drive renewable energy, electric vehicles, clean manufacturing Um, That is the way forward, that is the future, that's where the jobs are. And so I think that, um, yeah, we will, this, I believe the woke capitalism movement is a flash in the pan. And I would say too, if you look at the U.S. at least, we are, it's just at the beginning of the biggest transfer of wealth that has ever happened. And, you know, the youth of today um, have broader perspectives. They're looking at a world that is impacted by climate change where they have you know, less opportunities than their parents before them. And these investors want to invest in a way that looks toward reducing climate change, that puts their money to work while not harming people and planet. So it's, you know, I don't see us going backward. This is sort of the last gasp of a, of a group of old white men that want to keep
0: business is feasible. Let's hope so. Uh, what, what in your view, Danielle, ultimately motivates the, the investors that you work with? Do you think, you know, like BlackRock, they are they see themselves as, as long-term managers of risk or, or, or are more of them looking with more of a, an ethical moral hat to the sort of planet they're going to leave behind for the younger generation you were just talking about?
1: I think what has become clear over the last few couple of decades is that we can do both, that the companies that treat their employees well, that um, treat the environment appropriately, that have less waste, um, that are looking to diversify their boards and their employees. Those are the companies that do that prosper. Those are the companies that over the long term are more likely to be in business. And to make more money because they're seeing the opportunities and not stuck in kind of, you know, I want to talk about fossil fuels. I mean, that's dinosaurs. And, um, you know, it's like we need to get beyond the horse and buggy phase. The world is changing. And so those companies who change and reflect their customers' desires reflect um, the fact that the world is changing. It's. This is an opportunity, and, and I think we can have both. And now we know that, and you don't go backward from that. And I think that um, the asset managers, investors are simply, and companies, reflecting that we are now in a new age. It's, we've gone beyond the industrial revolution. We, we can um, actually improve the world while continuing to make money and sound investment.
0: And are you seeing gr- greater appetite among asset owners mm-hmm. for the work that you're doing and for involvement in, in in the sort of major engagements you're working on? You know, the are the people who maybe 10 years ago were saying, uh, you know, I don't really have time for this, are they now getting involved? Um, what's, what's the appetite look like to you?
1: Well, we, we are seeing the investments in, quote, ESG increase substantially over time, and um, I think we're still defining what ESG investing means, and ESG can is going to differ depending on who you are. So the way you want to invest will, will differ, but um, we're starting to define um, just a different type of, I, I guess I would go back to the business round table and it's stakeholder capitalism. That's a change. So that's a recognition that stakeholders matter. That, that we can't simply look to the bottom line. Um, so I think that that, for me, epitomizes the directionality of change and where all of these different actors are, are heading, whether it be business or, or investors.
0: So tell us what's on the horizon for, for As You Sow. What, what it, who are you talking to next? What resolutions are you hoping to see where, where net zero is concerned in the, in the near term?
1: Right, so this year we are um, going back to the banks. They've set their net zero targets, they're measuring their financed emissions. Now is the time for them to come up with a plan, an actual transition plan. And we'd like to see that they have, um, they're setting in place the means by which they actually can achieve their net zero reductions. We've gone to the insurance companies um, last year because insurance companies continue to invest and in underwrite fossil fuels to their own detriment and obviously to the detriment of many of their customers. And we're seeing fires and storms that are costing insurance companies significantly. Um, We also see insurance companies walking away from fire prone areas, from flood prone areas. So we believe that they should not be investing in those companies that continue to create the problem. So we will be working with insurance companies to set net zero targets across their various businesses. Um, And we'll continue to work with companies to set those net zero targets, to do transition plans, utilities, um, just that, and also heavy industry where it can be tougher, cement and um, metals. So I think that we will just continue to do business as usual. We'll also be looking at, um, we do a report looking to whether companies are actually reducing their emissions. What's their success rate? Are they, are their emissions coming down? So those are the kinds of things that we'll continue to work on. Plastics, um, reducing virgin plastic use, reducing single use plastic, um, which is also produced from fossil fuels and is, is killing our oceans. So that continues to be a stream of work and environmental justice that also, how do we move, um, take climate into account and still bring people along so where jobs are no longer you know transitioning jobs making sure that low-income communities are part of that transition so that there's a lot of work to be done in those arenas as well
0: thank you so much danielle it's been fascinating to talk to you and i'd like to thank you and as you so on behalf of net zero investor and the Better World sponsors CCLA for taking the time to chat and I wish you all the very best with your work.
1: Thank you, appreciate it.